Hello everyone, my name is Marianne, and this is Game of Glory, powered by Toronto Tastemakers. So I hope you are having a lovely day or night whenever you're listening to this. I could describe myself in many ways. A confused young adult, an ego waffle enthusiast, the list goes on and on. But if I had to describe my passion, it would be film. I love acting and I would love to get into producing or writing one day, but if I'm being honest, I think my true love is following the IMDb and wiki pages of movies that are about to come out. Uh, yeah, I just love seeing what projects are in development, when, when they're going to come out, what's going to happen, and what the audience response will be. And that's what I just want to do with this series. I want to let you guys know what's going on in film, what's happening, how people respond to them, what acclaim they get, and all that jazz that goes into it. So, that time again has come and gone. I am talking about award season. So the way it's typically described, especially within the last few years, has been that award season runs between the end of the calendar year until the beginning of the next one. So let's say November, December of one year into like February, March of the next year. Uh, so yeah, it's that time of year again where little gold and silver statues were revered and people felt as though their opinions on movies mattered most. We can basically just sum it up as there are a bunch of award shows that happen and they all lead up to the Oscars, which are kind of the most acclaimed. If you've been living under a rock, you probably don't know that the Oscars just happened this past weekend. Um, I know that plenty of people have talked about them to death, so I just want to go back to it now that it's been a few days, the hype has kind of calmed down, and just look back at the awards that happened, some of the nominations, the snubs, and yeah, everything that went into it. So, what better place to start than the biggest award of all, Best Picture. Now, this year, if you were following the award seasons, you pretty much knew what was going to happen in every category. It's kind of like this every year, but there are a few shakeups. Like a lot of times you're like, oh, it's between these two candidates. But this year it was pretty much clear for every single category except for Best Picture. So let's just go back to the nominees of Best Picture this year. We had The Shape of Water. We had three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. We had Get Out, Lady Bird, Dunkirk, The Post, the Darkest Hour, Phantom Thread, and Call Me By Your Name. So we're going to go a little bit into each of those films. But the three films that kind of were in contention, I guess, for Best Picture, that we all didn't know which one was going to win Best Picture, were Three Billboards, The Shape of Water, and Get Out. So let's go back to Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Now, this movie was kind of one of the most controversial of the year. When it first came out, it actually won the Audience Award at TIFF, and that kind of shows that something's going to happen. Like, that's a lot of hype. Shout out to TIFF, Toronto. <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone kind of knew that was the film that was going to be most talked about. Um, and it was. If you don't know about Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, it basically follows a woman and her quest to kind of get answers about her daughter. Her daughter was raped and murdered 
in a town, small town that they live in, and she didn't get any answers. The police didn't really do anything. So she just wants to go out and do stuff herself. Um, she is played by Frances McDormand. We're going to talk about her Oscar win coming up. But yeah, the film was written, directed by Martin McDonough. I'm going to let you guys know what people were saying. So you kind of had this big camp of people who at first really enjoyed the film. They thought it was really good. It talked a lot about the police situation in America. And I think this is where you kind of had some people who felt it was tone deaf. Um, the film revolved around policemen, and one of the police in particular was paid, played by Sam Rockwell, who actually ended up winning. We're going to go into that as well. But he was his character was kind of, in the beginning, very racist, homophobic, and just kind of the ultimate bad image that you would have of a cop. And especially in today's climate, and especially in America with things like Black Lives Matter, a lot of people are very... They don't like the cops. They're not, they don't trust them. So it was kind of the whole, he was kind of like the pinnacle or like the picture, painting that picture of what a cop is to people who don't like cops. The problem people had with the film, however, was that it seemed to kind of give him a redemption arc. Like you had him at first and everyone pretty much knows that he's not a good person. The whole entire police force, he just kind of got the job because that's all he could get. And maybe people felt bad for him, but he does a lot of horrible things. He beats a man. He's just horrible to our protagonist. And yeah, people don't like him. But by the end, you kind of have another cop who says that he's actually a really good guy deep down, leaves him a whole letter. And this guy believes that he can change and probably be better. And he ends up helping the protagonist. Some people like that because it shows that, you know, people are layered. Sometimes they may do bad things or hurt people, but you know, they're not all bad. A cop can hurt someone, but it doesn't mean they're not a, they're a horrible person altogether. Um, I personally don't like that argument, and I think that's why a lot of people kind of had backlash towards the film, because it kind of painted that picture of everyone has a redemption arc. And while it may be kind of true to an extent, yes, there are layers to people, I think especially with a film on this scale, one that was getting a lot of attention, it was almost a way to kind of pat yourself on the back especially if you're not into social justice or kind of things you're like cops aren't all bad um and obviously that's not true uh so that's where the backlash kind of came in and the backlash was really hard like um people were actually putting up posters throughout los angeles talking about that the film like should lose best picture um but before all of this backlash it was kind of the front runner uh, so that's three billboards out of outside of Ebbing, Missouri. I actually thought that that was going to win. That was one of my contenders. I thought it would be between that and The Shape of Water. Obviously, The Shape of Water won. Um, but we're going to move on to another film that was getting talked about, and not just talked about for award season, but talked about for the past year. And that is Get Out. If you haven't heard of Get Out, honestly, Get Out. <laughs> Uh, Get Out is a film. It's a horror film. Not necessarily a horror film. It, it can't really be described. And this was actually a point of controversy because people didn't know what genre it fell into. Jordan Peele, it's his directorial debut. He actually described the film as a documentary because it talks about kind of the black experience, an experience of a black man, um, particularly in America, um, and how he goes about his interracial relationship. But then... You know, there's a bunch of twists into it. And yeah, it was it was a talked about film for this past year. It actually came out in February of 2017. 
And then it got nominated at this year's Oscars. So that just goes to show how much momentum that film had because that really never happens. You don't have films that come out so early and actually get up, end up getting nominated for the Oscars. Typically, a lot of films that are nominated tend to come out at the end of the year. But Get Out, yeah, it was kind of the black sheep. No one knew it was going to pop out like that. Um, I know a lot of people wanted it to be nominated for the Oscars, but especially with popular films and films that deal with race and today's political climate, you never really know if they're going to be too controversial for the Oscars. But it did get nominated, and at first people were like, okay, it got nominated, but it's totally not going to win anything. It was just nominated so people could shut up about it and they wouldn't accuse the Oscars of being racist. But actually, it actually built a lot of momentum. It won a lot of different awards. It actually won the Independent Spirit Award for Best Feature, and that came out the day before the Oscars. And that award, whoever wins that award, usually wins Best Picture at the Oscars. So that kind of made the whole race very, very difficult. No one knew what was going to happen. It was nominated four times, four different categories, um, and then Get Out left with Best Original Screenplay. We'll go into that as well. Yeah, that was a really big contender. So we had three billboards, we had Get Out, and we had the eventual winner, The Shape of Water. The Shape of Water was a film by Guillermo del Toro. It's really funny because the past, I think, four out of five years, a Mexican director has won at the Oscars. And he's kind of, he and the other directors who have won, Alfonso Cuaron and... Um, Alejandro Giannartu, they're kind of seen as the holy trinity of Mexican directors. So it's really cool to see um, that he got that momentum. But the film itself, Shape of Water, actually got, again, I'm tired of using this word, I'm sorry, controversy, (laughs) because it is actually about a woman who, spoiler alert, falls in love with a fish. Yeah, it was actually a sci-fi fantasy drama film. And it was actually revolutionary in its own right. I know a lot of people were talking about Get Out, and I think that would have, you know, been monumental if it had won. But since it didn't, The Shape of Water was actually a nice kind of contrast from what we normally see. We don't actually see a lot of sci-fi or fantasy films win. We see them get nominated, but they tend to get overlooked. So it was really interesting seeing that happen. I think it was... um, Jimmy Kimmel, who said it himself, women were so tired of men this year that they ended up dating a fish. But yeah, it was it was really interesting seeing that film. Um, and that was a slow build. Um, I don't think anyone was even predicting it to win maybe September, October, but it really moved its way up. And I think because Three Billboards and Get Out had so much more controversy than that film, it really allowed it to kind of seep in because people were like, okay, well, this film isn't as skewed or this one doesn't have as much bias so we're gonna go with this um but yeah that was the best picture race um i'm gonna go over the other films they also of course were acclaimed in their own right that's why they got nominated for best picture but we kind of knew that they weren't gonna win if they did win it would have been a really big surprise so let's talk a little bit about ladybird So Lady Bird was a film that was really talked about this year, um, really acclaimed. If you don't know, it actually, I think it broke the record or was like one of the films to break a record on Rotten Tomatoes for like the highest rating because it had like 100 for so long. And I think now it's at 100 or 99. Um, And that rarely ever happens, even with really big popular movies. Uh, So yeah, Lady Bird, right out of the gate, it was Greta Gerwig's directorial debut. A lot of new fresh faces and directors this year and this was a coming-of-age film kind of 
about who Greta Gerwig wanted to be, but it wasn't exactly about her life. Um, just kind of followed a girl in California, Sacramento, and yeah, living through her senior year. So I think that description in itself, unfortunately, seems kind of uneventful, and that's why you kind of knew it wasn't going to win an Oscar because if you just have a coming of age film about a girl just living her life, you're probably it's probably not going to win any big awards um but it did get nominated in like five categories and yeah it got snubbed in all of them now i think the reason it got snubbed in all those categories was because of the marketing behind it having a perfect score on rotten tomatoes yeah if you went online i think the only way people heard about lady bird in the first place because it was an independent film people went online and they would see, oh, this is the best rated movie of the year. You have to see it. One of the greatest movies of all time. And then if you go into it and you watch it, you're like, oh, this is a really nice coming of age film, but it's not revolutionary. There's not really anything else to be said. And unfortunately, I think that played into the reason why I didn't win anything, because I saw a lot of older people in the Academy, um, especially when they were talking about their opinions online. They said that this film didn't bring anything new to the table and that it didn't deserve the accolades that it got. So definitely I think that's a tale for films in the future. Don't go too hard. Don't go too hard on, I guess, their claim. Just kind of sell it as is and see if people like it. Let's go into Call Me By Your Name. So Call Me By Your Name was an adaptation, and it was originally based on a novel by Andre Asiman. Hopefully I said it right. Um, but it was basically about a 17-year-old boy falling in love with a 24-year-old man in Italy. Um, so it was a very beautifully done, beautifully shot film. Really amazing score. Um, yeah, that was a really performance-driven film, I think. So I think out of the gate, everyone knew that it wasn't going to win Best Picture. But yeah, if anything else, it did introduce the world to Timothy Chalamet. He is kind of being touted as the new young actor to watch and kind of the heartthrob. He's being compared to kind of a young Leonardo DiCaprio, and that is big praise. But yeah, there was that film, um, and then Army Hammer. Um, we all know him from The Social Network already. <laughs> That film actually, again, surprise, surprise, got a little bit of controversy because of the novel's subject matter. Um, you had a 17-year-old and a 24-year-old man, and in America, that's not legal. Well, in most states, I believe. In Italy, apparently it was, but especially in light, again, of sexual harassment and all these things, people were talking about how it wasn't appropriate. But yeah, again, it wasn't really going to be a contender for Best Picture. Next, we are going to talk about Dunkirk. So Dunkirk was by Christopher Nolan. There's not much to say about Dunkirk. It was an epic war film. We've seen a lot of epic war films before. I don't know if it... I mean, I personally saw it, and I didn't think that it brought anything new to the table, but I do think Christopher Nolan is an impeccable director. And I think when we get into the directing category, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, but... Yeah, Dunkirk was a film that I think a lot of people enjoyed. Um, maybe a little bit too boring for the general public. But yeah, if it had won, I think it was... If it had come out in another year, I think it would have been a bigger contender. But because of all of these really controversial films and everything going on, it kind of just got a little bit ignored, went on the back burner. Let's go quickly into The Darkest Hour. 
So The Darkest Hour starred Gary Oldman, of course. Uh, we'll go back to him in best actor category um, as Winston Churchill. And it was just kind of like an account of Winston Churchill's days as prime minister leading up to the war um, and as Nazi Germany kind of swept through Western Europe and everything. Um, so, yeah, this film got a lot of attention, mostly because of Gary Oldman and his portrayal. There was Phantom Thread. Um, I think for that, everyone kind of knew it as Daniel Day-Lewis's last role, and he is retiring. Um, I don't think he's going to retire. I think he'll be back in like five years or so with another Academy-nominated role. Um, because he always says that. I think he's, this is like his, what, third second or third time saying that he's going to retire and it's not true um but yeah phantom thread i think just kind of got again swept over this award season then we had the post and the post was one i actually expected to have more momentum i think again more so the time like the post came out it came out i think at the end of december i think had it got a little bit more momentum and been in the media more it would have been more of a contender um it got nominated for a lot of awards well it was starring Meryl Streep Tom Hanks and then directed by Steven Spielberg so right there you already know it's destined for the Oscars so yeah I think people kind of expected that one to be a little bit bigger um it did get a claim of course yes it was a historical drama and it was just kind of based on the first female publisher so based on Meryl Streep of a major American newspaper. So that was like the Washington Post. And it was talking about some of the controversies and scandals happening in the early 70s, um, following different wars and like the Pentagon Papers and everything like that. So yeah, Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg. Honestly, I think that nomination was just a given. Like they saw the names and they're like nominated. But yeah, it was interesting. I think a pol- like having a political thr- thriller, especially in light of the media landscape right now, um, especially in the U.S., with the presidency attacking the media and kind of debating whether or not media is verified or what media is true or not and its importance to the world. Um, Yeah, I think this post kind of aligned how, how important and monumental it is to kind of have people reporting on the news and reporting true stories, not just from the government. And I believe those are the eight overall eight uh, films of Best Picture. So like I said, the top three, three billboards, Get Out, Shape of Water, could have went to any of those, but it ended up going to The Shape of Water. Now we are going to talk about Best Director. So Best Director went to Guillermo del Toro, and like I said, it was exciting seeing him win. I actually saw um, him do a masterclass at TIFF, and it's incredible. This guy, he knows his history of sci-fi and horror and all those genres he loves monsters if you read any interview this guy he has been obsessed with monsters ever since he was a child so it's really cool I think seeing a director explore that in different ways um all of his films I think have been incredible um and yeah it's really nice seeing him I think get his due I want to talk about that a little bit more in the future this idea of getting your due because like a lot of people myself included feel as though sometimes directors or actors will win an award solely because they've had a really good career or they were snubbed in the past when they should have won and then it's kind of like 
um, it's kind of like a makeup award. Um, a little bit, I think some people were saying that about The Shape of Water. They were saying that Guillermo del Toro's films were better in the past. Um, like Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> that was the one. I think that was the film that introduced me to him. And that was incredible. So I think people were comparing it to that film a lot and saying that that deserved it more. Um, but yeah, it's all a matter of opinion. Um, I actually want to talk about the category as a whole because we had two really cool additions. I shouldn't say additions. They earned their spot. They deserved it. Um, Jordan Peele, like I said, and Greta Gerwig. Um, but yeah, it was, again, very noticeable because um, people thought that they would get snubbed and yeah, especially in a category that almost always exclusively nominates um, white men. Yeah, it was it was really cool seeing both a man of color and then a black man and, you know, a woman getting nominated in the same year. I think a lot of times the Academy seems to think, oh, we'll throw a bone to one, you know, minority group and that is it. But seeing them both nominated when they both deserved it, I think it was great. And I think regardless of what people think about their films, both of their movies kind of were talked about this year. Lady Bird, of course, with all of its acclaim. And then Get Out, yeah. Um, I think one of the reasons... I want, I just want to go back to Get Out for a second. One of the reasons I personally would have rooted for it to win, um, even though I was okay with The Shape of Water, I really wanted Get Out to win just because it held that conversation. It held that pop culture, pop um, discussion throughout the entire year. And like I said... A lot of awards movies just come out at the end just so they can be remembered for the Oscars or, you know, these award ceremonies. But Get Out was just, you know, just the fact that Get Out was made, you know, was a risk. I think especially for like a young production house like Bloomhouse Productions. Um, yeah, just the fact that they were able to take a chance on the story. That's what Jordan Peele said himself. Saw people of all ages talking about it. Um, it was amazing because it was an experience like going to the theater um, we never really see horror, horror again, like I said, you can't really put it into a genre, but it did have a lot of horror elements. Um, you don't really see horrors get nominated for the Oscars, right? So having a horror movie on top of all of its political themes, um, especially to an academy that, again, has a historically, like, white male voter base, um, was crazy. It was amazing. So, yeah, I think Jordan Peele absolutely deserved his spot. Um, I think he should have won Best Picture, but... And it was cool because it was his debut. And same with Greta Gerwig, you know, it was her debut, and they were able to create both these films that really held their place in, I think, pop cultures. I just... I'm sorry. I feel like this whole podcast just kind of derailed into my love for Get Out, but... Um, I think it's really amazing when a film is able to hold the pop culture discussion um, beyond just critical acclaim because you can have a movie get critical acclaim and then nobody will talk about it and I think a lot of times with best picture that ends up happening like you can look back at like the artists or like any random film to have come out like many of them don't really hold hold a note in pop culture they don't really change how people think about movies or are a movie that people really recall right so get out was really interesting because especially with among young people, people were just talking about it for ages. Something we should think about when we talk about Best Picture. We should look beyond, like, critical acclaim and think about, like, how people respond to a film. Because if a lot of people love a film and they relate to it or they had a really great experience, like, that, 
you know, I think in my mind, on top of it getting critical acclaim, which Get Out did, I think in that mind, it earns its spot as being a best picture of the year. Um, but yeah, I kind of went back to best picture. Sorry, I was talking about best director. Another person was Christopher Nolan, who was nominated for best director. Everybody knows Christopher Nolan, you know, from Batman, um, always putting out incredible films. Um, Dunkirk, I have to admit, like I said, not really my favorite film of the year just because I'm not a huge war buff or into kind of war movies but I have to admit the way the film was shot like beyond the cinematography you can just see everything was very well paced very very technical and I think that's what a lot of people were saying like Guillermo del Toro was great I think artistically and creatively but Christopher Nolan was really great technically like in the technical field um just as a director and I think a lot of times with the art of directing, people kind of forget all of the work that goes into it and making it so neat and everything. It was I, I think he was really incredible at that. So I think if Christopher Nolan had won, I wouldn't have been surprised. And I know that a lot of people were rooting for him for that reason. Um, but yeah, Guillermo del Toro. So that was Best Director. Who was the last person in that category? I'm sorry, my mind. I'm blocking out everything because award season was just so long and saturated. Oh yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson. Okay, but yeah. Yeah, Guillermo and I think Christopher were the two that people were kind of gunning for to see win. Um, but like I said, I think they all earned their spot. Uh, now let's go back to the acting categories. We are going to talk about Best Actor. Best Actor. Um, again, not a surprise. If you've been following the award circuit, you knew that I was going to Gary Oldman. In the beginning, there was actually a little bit of shakeup because Timothy Chalamet, who... At 22 years old, I think is one of the youngest nominees in like, what, 80, 90 years? I mean, the awards have been going on for 90 years, but in a long time, um, the Academy doesn't really like to nominate young men. And when they nominate them, you know they're not going to win. <laughs> so it was, I think for that reason, I kind of knew Timothy wasn't going to win, but he was winning a lot of like the more independent more indie film awards um and he was getting a lot of hype and i think a lot of people want to see him win i personally think he gave an incredible performance and this is one of those things that goes back to like the makeup awards i feel like years from now he'll be nominated for another movie and even if it's not as good as his performance in call me by your name because he did so well in call me by your name he will win and yeah i think we'll have to think about the merit of that like does that because like people were saying oh he's got time He's so young. He's only 22. But is that really like if you gave the best performance of the year, is that really fair to say that you have more time, you can give more performances? Because you never know, right? But yeah, I went to Gary Oldman. And I think, again, with Gary Oldman, it was kind of almost a makeup award. He's been nominated countless times, um, given a lot of performances that people really enjoy. Shout out to Sirius Black <laughs> if you're a Harry Potter head. He was kind of the one, like, once the Golden Globes came about, we kind of knew he was going to win, especially because he's a more older veteran actor at this point. There was also a little bit of scandal surrounding his personal life. I don't want to go too into that just because I don't know all of the details, but that, I think, just goes to show, again, people were talking about separating the artist from the art. Is that, like, really something you should do? Um, because a lot of people do do that, but is it, I think just morally right or wrong. Uh, but yeah, anyways, Gary Oldman was kind of the front runner and he won. Like I said, the the rest of the awards outside of Best Picture were pretty much locked. 
Uh, same thing with, oh, I just want to go quickly, Daniel Kaluuya, shout out from Get Out. I was really surprised to see him nom because, again, I didn't think that the Academy would nominate Get Out, but it did. That was really exciting seeing him get a nomination. There was Daniel Day-Lewis. People were thinking that he might just win because he stated that it was his last performance before retiring from acting. So people were like, oh, we'll rush to give you an award. Yeah, I, I knew he wasn't going to win because I know that he's not going to retire from acting like that. Man, will be back. He's incredible. He's won two Oscars back to back. He will be back um, when, whenever the role or the director calls for it. Ooh, we had Timothy. We had Daniel. Daniel. We had Gary. Denzel Washington. Oh, how did I forget Denzel Washington? Oh, my gosh. One of my favorite actors. Oh, man. But I think that that goes to show, like, if your film isn't as talked about itself, then it's easy to kind of get forgotten. But yeah, Sersha delivers incredible performances all the time. One of my favorite actors. But by the end of it, it was like kind of a lock for Frances McDormand. Everyone knew. Once they saw Three Billboards, I think regardless of how people felt about the film, they knew that her portrayal was very powerful, um, very out there. Herself as a person, very powerful, very out there. That speech, um, inclusion writer. I know a lot of people have different there's been a lot of think pieces about what that means. I think it was great that she called it out. She was um, really great. I, again, once the actual award started, the televised awards, so like the Golden Globe, SAG, once those things started coming out, she was pretty much a lock. Honestly, if they had given it to Sersha, maybe <laughs> the award wouldn't have gotten stolen. Ah, no, no shade. I love France. She was, she was, I had mixed feelings about the film. I, you know, watched it and... It was an enjoyable watch, but I definitely think uh, Frances herself, like, she she really killed it in that role. So, um, yeah. And just as a reference, like, like I said, somebody stole her award <laughs> at the Oscars after party. Um, it was returned back, but that was really crazy. Like, just seeing how your award can get stolen out of nowhere. Actors, your Oscars are not safe. We're going to go to Best Supporting Actor. And the winner of that was Sam Rockwell, again, for Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. I thought it would be between him. I was I, I was wondering, like, which one of them would get nominated when I first saw the film, um, him or Woody Harrelson. Um, and they both made it in. Um, but, yeah, Sam Rockwell was, if you remember me talking earlier about the whole controversy and that redemption arc for a cop, Sam Rockwell played the cop in question. Uh, I don't know if that was a testament to the writing or the acting, and I think that's where some of the controversy came in because it's like, did the did the actor make him more redeemable because of like how, I guess, layered or how in-depth he went into the character, or was it the writing and was it made to feel that way? Yeah, Sam Rockwell delivered. Oh, Willem Dafoe was one that I think in the beginning could have gotten. I think like when I first saw The Florida Project, if you don't know, Willem Dafoe was in that movie. A really great, quiet movie. I loved I loved it. Um, but yeah, I thought Willem Dafoe could have won for that performance. And I think that was, again, one of those things where if the... It's, it's either like the actor stands out and the film doesn't, or like sometimes the film doesn't stand out so the actor might get ignored as well with it and I think that happened with Willem Dafoe really down-to-earth film and I think it was um, a little bit of departure from a lot of the films we see I think 
a lot of times they're very high paced or like very intense. So it was nice seeing something a little bit. But yeah, I think once Sam Rockwell got that Golden Globe, he was a lock. And then we had Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water. And then Christopher Plummer for All the Money in the World. So again, that was a really interesting situation. Only because, if you don't know, Kevin Spacey originally filmed his role in that film. And after being accused of sexual harassment, assault, and various other things, and basically blacklisted in Hollywood. Uh, they didn't want the whole film to go to waste, so Christopher Plummer came in and reshot his scenes. And then he got nominated, so it was kind of like a ooh, burn moment uh, for Kevin Spacey, I guess. Um, we don't know how he's doing. I don't really care to know. <laughs> but yeah, that was Best Supporting Actor. And then we had Best Supporting Actress which went to Allison Janney for her role in I, Tonya. Margot Robbie was also in that film for Best Actress. Uh, so yeah, Allison Janney was really intense in that film. Um, but in the beginning, people were predicting Laurie Metcalf, who played the mom figure in Lady Bird to Saoirse Ronan's character. And in my opinion, Lady Bird was very character-driven. And I think the two performances that carried it were Saoirse and especially Laurie Metcalf. So I would have loved to see her win. But yeah, Allison Janney was kind of a lock. We had Mary J. Blige, who got nominated for Mudbound. Ooh, Mudbound. Ugh, I think that movie was just slept on. I don't think it... Not fully slept on because I think people knew its merit and how amazing it was, but especially in terms of the awards, it didn't get all the nominations it deserved. But Mary J. Blige got a nomination, and I think that was incredible. You could just see how much work she has put into her career, especially her music career. She got nominated, I think, in one of the song categories, um, so that was cool. But just seeing her work as an actress, it kind of shows that you can... Those lies are becoming blurred, especially as entertainers. You can kind of flip between categories, so that was great. And then we had Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread, and then Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. Okay, we're going to go quickly into some of the other categories. Those were the big ones, I think, that people mostly tune in, and those are typically the ones that come in the beginning and at the end, like the Acting Awards and Best Director best picture but there was best orig original screenplay and that went to get out which made me really happy i've said all i need to say about get out honestly i can't stop praising it i think it was really well done and i would have been really upset i think if it had gone home with nothing so best original screenplay i think was great um jordan peele absolutely deserved it again lady bird could have gotten it and if I, I think if it was another year, it would have. Yeah, unfortunately, Lady Bird did go home and Tian did. I think that was pretty sad. It wasn't my favorite movie of the year, but Greta, what she did, and I think just kind of perfecting that uh, that coming of age kind of teen film. And I, I have a soft spot just because it was it took place in the early two thousands. I mean, I was little baby child in the early two thousands, but it was nice hearing like all those songs and everything can vaguely remember them but yeah best original screenplay that went to jordan peele let's go quickly over the other ones best adapted screenplay went to call me by your name um that was based on the incredibly popular book uh writer james ivory that was the only award that film took home i believe i hope i'm not wrong that was an interesting category though because we had like logan molly's game mudbound there were like a lot of different stuff. Disaster Artist, which 
itself kind of ooh, took a really big tumble in the award season. Um, but yeah, Call Me By Your Name went home with that. Let's go quickly. We're going to go to Best Animated Feature. That went to Coco. No surprise. I mean, it's a Disney film. It, yeah, that's all I have to say. It's a Disney film. But to be fair, I loved Coco. And I think it's one of my favorite Disney films. It was great. It was a great example of just that integration of culture like the Mexican culture and everything the songs it was it was a really heartwarming story and I think a lot of times especially with like a big company you can get really nervous when you think about like them tackling different cultures and stuff like that whether they're gonna get it right but this was done really well and they won best original song for best remember me and that was a jam because everyone left the theater singing that song so yeah best original song let's go to that for one second it was between Remember Me or The Greatest Showman, I Think This Is Me, or I knew that that Coco was going to prevail. I think everyone was pretty shocked that Boss Baby was nominated, sorry. We had like Best Hairstyling and Costuming Design. I think that went to Phantom Thread, um, which wasn't surprising. Usually period pieces are very intricate with their uh, costuming hairstyling everything yeah we had like sound mixing sound editing oh best cinematography let's go to that for one second sad that we're having firsts in 2018 it was so poignant and like apparent with this year's best cinematography category because we had rachel morrison who was the first nominee ever that was a woman that's can you think like believe that in 90 years no woman has been nominated for Best Cinematography. Um, so yeah, just seeing her get nominated was historic. And then the winner was Roger Deakins. And that was cool in its own right because he has been nominated countless times, more than 10 times, I believe. So to finally see him get his win for Blade Runner 2049 was really cool. So those are kind of the big categories. The awards themselves, the Oscars, were a lot more political than in past years. And I don't think that was just a decision by Jimmy Kimmel, the host. I think it was just because the political climate in the U.S., of course, where the Oscars take place, you can't really ignore these topics anymore. You can't ignore topics like whitewashing and how women are treated. This awards season was definitely talking about a lot of heavier topics. Um, the mood was a little bit more somber. Um, personally, I found this year, I think especially compared to last year, I think nothing will top that kind of moonlight, la-la land, tobacco, that was ooh, something else. But it was a little bit more predictable. I, with the exception of Best Picture, they were pretty clear if you follow the award season. And that's something that I want to do. I want to follow this coming award season because... But really, award season is something that goes on all year. It's something all year in the making. You know, the films come out. Films can come out at any time now, seeing as we had Get Out, you know, get nominated and win an award. So... It'll be interesting to track the uh, 2019 Academy Awards. I want to do that. We're going to see how that goes. So hopefully you can follow along on that journey with me. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of a recap on the Oscars, the big categories. I'm sorry I didn't go too into depth, especially as someone who's going into film and learning about it. Every single category, you know, it was an honor, I think, to win an award for, be nominated for, and all the work that goes into every category is incredible. There was like sound mixing and sound editing, you know, people never really know the difference, but 
Yeah, there's. I, I just want to go into all of that, the forthcoming award season. But this is just kind of a farewell, a recap on the Oscars 2018. Uh, thank you for following along with me. I know this was really long and I ramble on a lot, but I'm really excited for this upcoming year. We're going to start from beginning to end. We're going to see what movies are getting buzzed about, see how it changes, because it always changes. You always think this movie totally going to win an Oscar, and then it doesn't. Or a movie you maybe didn't even expect, and then gets nominated. You know, we don't know, and that's exciting. So we'll see. Yeah, I just want to talk about film, award seasons, film festivals, see how everything comes together. So thank you for following along with me. This was episode one of Game to glory.